0: Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Mike Silva Show. All right, welcome to the latest episode of the Mike Silva Show. Uh, back for the second episode we've ever made. Got my friend on today, Thomas Martell. Uh, why, why don't you go by Aust- your real name's Austin, right? And why do you, I don't know if I ever asked you why you don't go by Austin. I, I really don't know. Uh,
1: as the story goes, when I was younger, I just asked if I could go by my middle name and my parents obliged and it just stuck. <laughs> and, and that's that's it. I don't know. It's the only name I've ever known except for like Cousins. You know? Oh yeah. And uh there's some of those people who just never catch on. Yeah, never
0: like uh, change their world.
1: they won't call you what you want to be called. So they just call you Austin. And then there's people at work that just uh pick and choose which one they want to call me. Some days they call me Austin, the next day they'll call me Thomas, it's just
0: interchangeable. Yeah, I remember in college whenever the first couple classes we were in they said Austin, so I just assumed Austin but I don't know. <laughs> Yeah, but uh, I would have liked to have gotten this podcast earlier in the week, but I was sick, man. I had some kind of stomach bug or something. a lot of people sick around here, though. Yeah, I, mean, I don't know if it's food poison or what, but I mean, I'm finally back at it. You know, I feel like if we would have done it earlier in the week, I was probably questionable on, like, you know, the <laughs> injury list. I would have had to be on a pitch count or something like that, but, you know, now I'm, now I'm back in. My voice is still a little kind of raspy, but whatever. Um no work we'll get through it. Had to get in there man. So today we're going to obviously talk about some movies. Um you know you're kind of our I guess de facto you're going to be the de facto movie guy. The movie guy, yeah. I know I you care. said you're kind of a movie work. yeah, kind of a movie buff like myself. So I you know we had a pretty big year. 2015 was a huge year for movies. I feel like there were just blockbuster after blockbuster after blockbuster. A lot of nostalgia driven Movies, I'd say, and, um, you know, we're leading into an even bigger, I want to say, big 2016 also, but just to kind of give a, a, a summary to the listeners, we're going to talk about some of the top movies of the year, and uh, before we close things out, of course, we're going to talk about the biggest topic to close out 2015 movie season, and that would be Star Wars. Mm-hmm. So, um, just to start out, like I, like I was saying, you know, it feels like this year was really a nostalgia-driven uh season from movies i mean you had uh, mad max um, fast and furious jurassic park uh even terminator mission impossible all these movies that we saw you know from years ago that had a sequel something new added to the series i don't know what this is it's like they've run out of new ideas they just keep revamping old ideas yeah they just make sequels and reboots and uh
1: It really is like they're running out of new ideas, and it's sad, because I'm sure there's uh, some great minds out there pitching good stuff, but the studios just say, you know what, let's just take Terminator
0: and add some stuff to it, and we'll see if it works, you know, which that one didn't. Yeah, add some ridiculous plot points. You know, the funny thing is, though, apparently that movie's kicking ass in China. Oh, yeah I guess they have a really big uh enjoyment of that movie. I have no idea why, but how do you feel about them making a new point break? I mean we'll see uh that's not
1: something that's not one of those movies I'll get upset about
0: uh, i'm I don't know kind of indifferent to it to be honest. I know a lot of people act, are acting like it's blasphemy that they're making another one.
1: Yeah, well, that's how I felt about Arthur. They, you know, Arthur was that old movie about the the rich drunk guy. And uh, they redid it with Russell Brand a couple of years ago. Oh, right, right. Oh, and it was terrible. It's like, uh, you know, Arthur's one of those movies a lot of people probably don't really like or watch. But my parents liked it, so I saw it when I was growing up. When they redid it, I just couldn't believe it. And at first, I wouldn't watch it. But when I finally did, <laughs> I hated myself
0: for watching it because it was terrible was that the uh, the Michael Caine was the original one or am I thinking something else no you think it's something else uh, I feel like every random British remake involved Michael Caine at some point <laughs> but um, I guess starting things out you know looking at the big picture what was your favorite movie of the year you know of the big names of the ones that people know so
1: far Uh, Mm -hmm. there was a lot of like big action stuff like especially the ones like you mentioned Avengers is action Jurassic World was big on action Uh, Fury 7 incredible just I mean that thing was ridiculous you know and then Mad Mad Max was that was a great movie too but uh, The Martian it was different from the rest it wasn't like just about spectacular fire and CGI and all that kind of stuff. You know, it told a real good story. Uh, never read the books. I'm not one of those guys who reads the books. Or yeah. Always, but I really liked that one. I thought Matt Damon, uh, was excellent. Maybe the Oscar worthy. We'll see. But mm. that one was probably up till now, uh, for 2015, has been my favorite.
0: I will say, I, I really enjoyed it. I thought the science part of it was really cool. Uh, I didn't really buy the whole humor part of it. Not that it took away from the movie, but it didn't really make me laugh. Um, but I will say, I, I feel like it might have been 15 minutes too long. I feel like there were it came to a stretch, maybe an hour 30 in, where you know it, it got a little bit redundant. You know, when he started getting the grizzly beard and the bad teeth, and he got real thin. I feel like they could have cut that part, maybe done like a time lapse or something, but. Nonetheless, I thought it was a really good movie. I uh, I enjoyed every part of it. So, um, I mean, it could have been better, yeah, but I think it was a really good movie. I, I want to say my favorite of the year, which was actually kind of a surprise, was Jurassic World. You know, I thought, I, I didn't want I don't want to say I went in with extremely low expectations, but I thought it'd be okay. You know, I remember how terrible the third one was. And uh, it was just an unforgivable addition to that that series. But um, it it actually turned out really well. It it surprised me. And uh, I thought it was one of the better movies of the year. Yeah, it was good. Uh,
1: That was another one. I wasn't so hot on it at first because, you know, Jurassic Park in 93 was... Come on, that was awesome, you know? And then the other two were just so, so... Uh, pretty bad so I wasn't really sold on it until everybody I knew was telling me how great it was right. you know then I went and checked it out and I had to like tell my friend like I think I fell in love with Chris Pratt within the first five minutes of the <laughs> movie Did I
0: don't know what happened major romance moments <laughs> he was good he was, he was getting it uh, I don't know man that was a
1: good movie that was a good flick that it's
0: still making money. Too. There are parts of it that, that were kind of predictable, like the dinosaurs makeup. I won't ruin it for anybody that hasn't seen it, though. You probably should have seen it by now. Um, I, I thought that was kind guess, of predictable, but uh, overall, it was really good. Nice mix of you know a little bit of humor, good action. It touched on all the nostalgic parts just the right way. And I really thought the end was pretty gratifying. Again, I won't really spoil that. But, you know, the fact that we got some face time for our fan favorite, you know, you definitely don't want to go into a movie not seeing the, the thing that you're pretty much anticipating from your childhood. But I thought it was a really yeah. good movie. And just looking back on the third one, it was terrible, man. It was just one of the worst movies I've ever seen. So I was really worried about it. But they did everything the right way.
1: That's the same thing with me as I was, I was like... Uh... Real hesitant to see it because I thought, man, they're really pumping it, uh, but they're coming off such a, a bad one in the third one. Like, is it really going to be worth it? And that's one of the ones I, I, I didn't even, I, I was not excited for it. Mm-hmm. But like I said, everyone kept talking about how good it was. And then, like you said, the end, the end was cool. Uh, we probably should have said spoiler alert at the beginning of this podcast, just in case, because I'm sure something's going to flip. Talking
0: about, and that was pretty cool. I was pretty, yeah. I uh, sitting back going, yeah, all right. <laughs> you know? Yeah. It's like seeing your favorite player step up in the big moment, you know? Another pretty one, cool. too, uh, Avengers was one of the movies that I was really. I think I got my. I set my sights too high to where it was like an impossible level of expectation that there was no way it could live up to it. And, uh, you know, it was good. I enjoyed it. I don't want to say it was bad by any means, but. I I thought the first one was way more effective. Um, Spader wasn't bad as the villain. It's kind of hard to, you know, top Hiddleston on, uh, you know, Loki, the performance in the first one. But I don't know. I think I, I just set my sights so high. It just I never felt that they were threatened. And I know that's been one of the big knocks on the series, you know, to date, is that it never really felt like they were going to lose. And the trailer made it seem like they were going to lose, you know... Like, they were really going to have problems with everything, but it didn't feel that way when the movie kicked off. I don't know. How do you feel about that one? I didn't
1: really um, come away with it. Come away from it so uh, enthusiastic. I think the same thing with you. Is I was expecting a lot more, and it's probably unfair, because a movie like this, there's so many characters, you know? Mm-hmm. I mean, how, how can all those people get screen time? There's so many... Uh, and then they added, you know, Quicksilver and Scarlet Witch, a couple of other ones that, uh, right? you know, and then they had to get their screen time. and It's tough to fit all that in to a movie. Uh, it didn't really do it for me. We'll see how they go forward uh, into the Civil War stuff. But the first Avengers I really enjoyed. This one, mm-hmm. <clears throat> this one, yeah. it was alright, so but I wasn't a huge fan of it.
0: I definitely feel like they did too much with Hawkeye they I, maybe they saw the first one, didn't give him enough FaceTime, which I don't know if anybody complained about it other than maybe Jeremy Renner, but I think they gave him way too much FaceTime in this one. They gave him a whole side story and, you know, they showed his family and I don't know for me though. It, it's, I think what's worked so well for this franchise up to this point are, you know, those, those anticipation moments. Now, i kind of put this metaphorically because that's what I do. I put things into metaphors. For me, I love Thursday, like the day of Thursday, because of the anticipation for the weekend. I love, you know, the months of April and May, you know, the springtime, because of the anticipation of the summertime. You know, I think what worked so well with these was the anticipation of... Each of the one-off movies, all right, you have Iron Man, you have Thor, you have Captain America, you know, and they each have their little uh, after credit scene and they're all building to something bigger. And I think that that anticipation was what really got me intrigued in the franchise as a whole, you know, and now that we're kind of seeing the culmination of it all, it's not... And I know that they're trying to kind of lead it up to the big fight with Thanos, but... If that's what they're trying to do, I really feel like they fell flat with the post credit scene on this one. That
1: was, that
0: was just him coming out and saying, I'll do it myself, right? Yeah, that's it. They, he puts the, the gauntlet on with all the, you know, stones, basically, like, all right, now I'm ready. I mean, that that felt really sloppy. I mean... that'd be
1: something. They haven't had a good villain outside of Loki, in, in, in really any of the...
0: Uh... Marvel movies, standalone or Avengers, you know? Right. See, and on the In flip side, opinion. what what I will say that, you know, I like what DC is doing with the whole Batman versus Superman and facing two people off that, you know, are both big fan favorites. You know, you've got, uh, on one hand, Batman people. I'm a huge Batman guy. I think Superman is kind of BS because he has really no, no vulnerability other than a non-existent you know material what kryptonite so for me i've always been a batman guy you know perseverance he's human you know he kind of made himself and he's fighting you know big bad superman and you know i i have no idea how that's gonna go you know you would think there's no way superman's gonna lose that fight but you know i've read all the rumors on the the, the comic people with all the forums and stuff saying that that storyline he actually beats superman and that kind of brings Superman back down to earth, and you know he might have developed an ego up to that point that kind of chilled him t- chilled him down a little bit. So I'm really excited to see that, but it- it's like you said, kind of that formidable opponent. You know, you're not really quite sure who's going to win. You know, so it's really interesting from that aspect where you know the the Avengers, you know, they're going to win. It- it- there's never a doubt. I mean, the trailer did a really good job of making it seem otherwise, but when you watch the movie, it's like, they just seem minorly inconvenienced. And so, yeah, I, but, but, I would even argue that, you know, the second Captain America movie seemed to be more of a threat than, you know, uh, Ultron did in this one. Yeah,
1: the trailer, you would have thought Ultron was going to be some uh, extreme badass, and he he wasn't I mean, I don't know. He wasn't that cool. <laughs> he wasn't that uh, uh, formidable, I guess. You know, he, did, it wasn't, uh, he didn't live up to it, man. You, you would have thought from the trailer that Ultron was going to be this real big, hard-to-take-down uh, hard to, hard to take down villain, but
0: didn't turn out that way, you know? Right. And I will say I love the direction they're going with the Civil War storyline. I mean, I'm not a big comic guy. But anytime movies like this bring me in, I do the thing where you Wikipedia for, you know, an hour. Then the next thing you know, you've looked up a hundred different Wikipedia pages and it's the middle of the night. And you're like, wow, what the? where the hell did my time go? <laughs> yeah. um, so, I mean, I've kind of educated myself up that way. And I, I will say it seems very interesting with what they're going to do. Um, you know, they're actually they're, – they're lucky that they have Star Wars. Disney has Star Wars to – kind of distract people from, you know, the whole Marvel franchise for right now, you know, because you don't have so many leaks, you don't have so many people out there just digging and clawing for any kind of Avengers material that they can get because, hey, Star Wars is right there. So, you know, I've always been a big fan and I'm sure the the way that they positioned, you know, the Avengers franchise and storyline to this point has kind of centered around Tony Stark and Iron Man. So I've been a sucker to it. I'm a big Robert Downey Jr. fan. So you know, I've, I've I'm I'm on whatever side he's on, you know. So <laughs> it's kind of positioned that way for me at least. So I like that they're going to have a divide, and I'm just surprised they're not using using more social media, you know, campaigning around all this. Or I'm surprised they don't have some kind of shitty Taco Bell game, like choose your side. You know what I mean? Like some crap like that. So I don't. I, I'm I'm still waiting to hear more material or more information on what that's going to be about. But I definitely like the direction based on just the premise itself. It's coming, man.
1: They're going to let some of this other stuff, because there's some big stuff coming. They're going to let that have its course, like Star Wars, and then die down. And then they're going to
0: bring it with the the Civil War stuff. We're going to get flooded with that. That's for sure. Yeah, wait for all the toys and stuff to come out. Merchandise. Which does play a role, and we'll get into that actually with the Star Wars stuff when we start talking about some of those rumors. But uh, the other movie that I wanted to kind of discuss before we close things on the the 2015 side of things was uh, Mad Max. Now, I remember trying to watch the original one maybe a year and a half ago, and I couldn't get into it. It was too slow for me. I might be pissing people off by saying that, but it just took forever to get going. So, you know, it, it didn't really touch on the whole nostalgia thing for me. However, all I heard from it was, dude, this movie is a roller coaster. It's an adrenaline rush. You're watching it the whole time. Your heart's beating. It's just badass from like a visual and from an experience standpoint. And I'll say when I saw it, it didn't disappoint in that aspect at all. The story was the story, you know. And after, again, doing the Wikipedia thing, I know that it kind of stood true to that. But... um, I will say, overall, I, I definitely love the aesthetics of it. Uh, the story itself was okay, and they're definitely trying to push this whole uh, women strength agenda. That was one of the big things of this movie. Uh, what did you take away mostly from the movie? Man, first of all, I've,
1: I've, I've seen all the Mad Max movies, but I don't really... They, weren't, they didn't stick out to me. I mean, I'm a little older than you, so I, those, those were...
0: Uh,
1: <laughs> They were still kind of before my time, but they were cool back then. But when you start Fury Road, I mean, just visually, from the minute it starts, it's amazing. And you're in. You know what I mean? Right. I wasn't sure what to expect going into that one. I mean, Tom Hardy's pretty much great at everything, right? Yeah. He's uh, he's the it guy right now, kind of. But uh, mm-hmm. as soon as it starts, visually, you're sucked in. Action-wise, it's great. They didn't do a whole lot of CGI, which was cool. Um, I didn't really think about, like you were saying, with the, uh, pushing the woman's um, idea part, you know? Right. But looking back on it, I guess you're, you're kind of right. But, man, where do they go with it now? We'll see. I have a feeling they're going to do more uh, Mad Max movies because that one did so well.
0: Mm-hmm. And it
1: was pretty well-received, you know? Right, but I, what I really took away from it was I really appreciated how there wasn't so much CGI because I think movies have way too much CGI nowadays. They did a lot of real practical
0: stuff. It looked great, uh, and I really liked that part of it a lot. Well, and I think that's why the you know the, the the future of the Star Wars franchise might go back to what made it so good, so nostalgic, and so you know warm. I guess you would say. The the new trilogy was just terrible. And I mean, we're not confusing anybody by making that statement. I, I'm, I'm sure you agree with that 100%. It was too dependent on CGI. You know, everything was fake. It was just ridiculous. Whereas the new one, uh, you know, the new one coming out at least, looks like they're tying back to some of those old feeling, you know, those old themes, you know, kind of more creative with the uh, whole videography thing. As opposed to just depending so much on the computer graphics, and it just, ugh, it's terrible. But yeah, just to to add to your point with Mad Max, I thought it was fantastic how you know it seemed real. I mean, it obviously was very you know fiction, but yeah, they definitely had a very real feel to it. I mean, it was cool, like the way the uh, uh, what
1: was the Morton Joe? Yeah. It's, it's, oh man, he
0: looks so cool, man! Oh, dude, and he just yeah. Man,
1: he, every like that whole breathing mask, that whole apparatus, dude. Oh, that looked amazing! Like when he came out in that first scene, I thought that was just so cool. I was like, man, I'm in, I'm into this
0: one. This movie's <laughs> gonna be good, you know? Yeah, it was just it was disgusting, but in, in every way, <laughs> good, you know, if that makes any sense. But yeah, it was it was it was awesome. That
1: was one I didn't really look into a whole lot of. You know, I didn't. Obviously, I knew Tom Hardy and Charlize their were in it, mm-hmm. but I didn't really know much else to who else was. So I'm sitting there watching it, and I'm like, "Hey, there's Beast from X Men." Yeah, know yeah. X Men is in this movie, and uh, couldn't remember his name at the uh, time. Nicholas Holt, but had some had some. Uh, who was that other Nathan Jones? he was that big guy, he was that, I
0: think he was the one that, uh remember Troy, right. when, when uh, Kelly
1: right. first comes out and stabs him, I was like, hey, Troy.
0: But that was a good movie, man, I really like that one.
1: Uh, hopefully, I mean, that's one
0: I wouldn't mind a sequel of, to be honest. Yeah, and I think they're talking about it, you know, whenever I first heard about it, I feel like I heard about, you know, hey, they're making a Mad Max movie a while back and, I was curious if it was a remake, if it was just kind of an addition to what the case was. And, um, you know, it, it, of course, was an addition to the original story. It wasn't a remake by any, uh, by any means. So I was intrigued by that, and I felt the need to kind of catch up on the history of it. Um, you know, once it actually came out, I was just kind of like, eh. But then I heard how great it was. So then, of course, Bandwagon jumped on and watched it, and I was not disappointed. <coughs> You know, um, so I was I was definitely glad that I saw it. I thought it was one of the better movies of the year, just based on, like you said, the experience and the the visualization of everything, the videography, you know, and how it wasn't so you know reliant on on CGI. It was I thought it was overall really uh, visually appealing movie. You have to give. Uh give them credit for throwing in that dude with the guitar, just rocking away while they're... <laughs> the whole movie. Farm. He did not stop the whole time. <laughs> with the flames coming out of the guitar, right? Oh, God. It was, it was badass. But, you know, you know, the funny thing is we're talking about how much CGI sucks and how it's ruined things. On the flip side of things, I was very impressed with how real the CGI looked in uh, Furious 7 with the Paul Walker scenes. Yeah. Because there were some of them that I was like, why does this scene look a little bit off? And then I realized, like, "Oh shit, they're doing... This is CGI. It looks just like him. It didn't look computer graphics, uh, computer generated at all. And then you're like, wow, that that's just fantastic. Those movies, by the way, they're kind of the new, I guess, point break, right? I mean, they're kind of the new... Uh, they basically took that idea and just ran away with it and made a whole franchise of them. With the Furious movies? Uh,
1: Furious, uh, I like to call Furious 7 uh, Dominic Toretto 007 because <laughs> he somehow turned into some sort of uh, super agent, spy, CIA. Yeah, I mean, who knows, man? He can do it all, right? He originally started off as the guy who
0: was in prison who raced cars. Yeah. Stealing stereos and stuff. He's just yeah, and, and the when the when the whole series started out, I really liked the first one. Second one was okay. It felt a little like Grand Theft auto Autoy, you know. And then Tokyo Drift, it just kind of ah eh, okay, this franchise now. But then of course they revamped it with you know those two, and uh, you know they started bringing people in like the Rock, uh, Jason Statham, great additions, great additions. Kind of like the uh, the Spurs, just keep retooling. And adding to their championship team. Right. I mean, you can't ever complain by adding The Rock and adding uh, Jason Statham. And just a disclaimer: we're not – I'm, I'm pretty sure I'm speaking for you too. I'm not saying that these are critically acclaimed, you know, Oscar-worthy movies. I mean, we know what we're getting when we're watching these movies. You're watching a movie for the action, for the enjoyment of it. It's, it's like going to an astral world or, or, you know, rest in peace 10 years now. It's like going to an amusement park. You might have ri- ridden all the rides before, but that's not going to say, oh, I'm not going to ride it again. Yeah, it's outrageous. It's ridiculous. But you're going to do it over and over again because it's awesome. It's very enjoyable. And it never really gets old. you know. And you almost kind of laugh at the exaggeration and how hyperbole all of it is. But I love the series. And I'm glad that they're making more. I don't know about you.
1: I mean, we'll see where it goes. It's just one of those movies that You've got to know going into it. Hey, I've got to you know suspend reality here. You know, I can't. Right. You can't go into that one thinking uh, this stuff is is uh, probable. You know, like this can happen. You just appreciate the action aspects of it and the stuff that uh, they put together. I mean, there's some pretty cool scenes. You know, like in the previews, you see a car going through the the buildings You're oh, like, yeah. okay, that looks kinda of stupid. But I mean it turned out pretty good and uh right. definitely an entertaining movie. Like you said earlier, they were cast really great. The people in the first one worked real well together. Uh Tyrese Gibson who I I thought he was gonna be terrible. I mean I didn't like the <laughs> second or third ones very much, but right, you know, four from four till now uh he was good, he was funny. And everybody they brought in, like you said, The Rock. I mean, he's The Rock. He's great and everything. Mm-hmm. Uh, Jason Statham. When did he become the new Jean-Claude Van Damme? I don't know. But he was pretty cool. Uh, but yeah, the cast works great together. We'll see how they go in the future. We'll see how they do without Paul Walker. He's uh, obviously right. not going to be in the next one but. I mean, they're cool, man. They're fun. You have to just, like I said, just say, hey, it's going to be an action movie. It's going to have a lot of crazy stuff in it. And uh, they're really enjoyable.
0: Which one's your favorite? Do you have a particular favorite?
1: I mean, i got to go with the original. Yeah. The Fast and the Furious. Uh, that one changed the way I, I was, man, I was either 15 or 16 when that came out. And everyone had big trucks, big lifted trucks. They wanted big tires so they could go muddy. Everybody saw that movie. I was asking their parents for Civics and Acuras and, you know, just totally changed the way uh, people looked at their cars, you know?
0: Yeah. Somehow you know the whole Mitsubishi model line.
1: <laughs> like, even I knew, like, everything about uh, intakes and stuff like that back then, you know? It, it, it just spawned like a whole, uh, I don't know, revolution for that kind of deal, at least in where
0: I grew up. Yeah, and you, I mean, you still see it today. You have the people with the the beat down 93 Hondas, and I mean, I guess they're still running because they're Honda, but they're just slamming, flying down West Timer, you know, <laughs> gonna run me off the road like maniacs, but you still see it today. I like Period 750. You take away
1: like the where they were street racers. If you just take the ones where they turned into like federal agents and like CIA operatives, like I think Furious Seven
0: was probably the best one. Uh-huh. And it makes you cry at the end. Yeah, that was rough, man. I, I'm not gonna lie; I don't really cry in movies. I will say, over the last <laughs> couple of years, I've gotten a little bit more sentimental to where I might mist up a little bit. The eyes might get a little glassy. That definitely kind of hurt to watch, man. I had to kind of look off the screen. You know, you're kind of looking about five feet to the left of the screen, ag- acknowledge it, you know, act like you're not watching it. That was, yeah, that, that was, good. that was they, hard to watch. They hit you with that music, there. I don't know what song it was. Oh, it's, it's that good. song, I hate that song. I will say that helped me not cry because I was kind of distracted, because <laughs> I hate that song. It's that, uh, that Wiz Khalifa, until I see you again. Oh, I hate it. Oh, I hate it. I even hate singing. It, it just makes me upset. But uh, I want to say my favorite is probably the fifth one. I still think them destroying Brazil was probably pretty fun. You know, with the whole save scene, they first bring in, uh, you know, The Rock, which I will say, I don't don't understand how Vin Diesel all of a sudden is badass enough to where he can hang toe-to-toe with The Rock and Jason Statham, and really he's just some guy that kind of, you know, tunes cars and rips off 18-wheelers. I don't know where he got this kind of training, but, you know, I'm in from a viewer standpoint. But that might be the most unrealistic aspect of it all, you know? Yeah, that's
1: what I'm
0: saying. They might as well name it Dominic Toretto 007 because he's basically Daniel Craig in uh, in America. Speaking of uh, 007, nice segue here. Uh, I'm definitely excited about that one. I know that's got to come out in, what, a week or two? It's coming out uh, pretty soon. Start, yeah. I think that's this week. Yeah, I think it might be the end of the week or first week in November. I'm excited about that. You know what's, what throws me off is the whole idea that, you know, this might be his last one. And then it brings up the whole, you know, Idris Elba, you know, could he be the next Bond? And then people bringing the whole race thing and. You know, that's not really what Bond is supposed to be or whatever. I think Idris Elba uh, is a badass. I think he'd be an awesome James Bond. Uh, I, again, it kind of does take away from what we're used to seeing, but that that's not necessarily a bad thing. I feel like with all these nostalgia-ridden movies and they're constantly redoing the same thing over and over, I don't think it'd be a bad thing to see a change of pace. You know, what do you feel about that?
1: You know, I don't know. I mean, there's, there's a lot of people who could pull it off. Uh... But... I'm not sure
0: who would be great for it. You could put Michael Fassbender in everything, right? Throw so him in the blond movie. True. There's nothing bad with Michael Fassbender. But Tom Hardy, I I'm know really is another sure. popular name. Tom, yeah, he would, he would be good. Uh, I guess they kinda need to be British, huh? <laughs> it wouldn't hurt, you know, I don't think it necessarily has to be. I think uh Craig is uh he's something else. I forget what he is. I'm not sure i've never been a big uh
1: bond fan to be honest with you uh you uh, know mm-hmm. royale was good i'm gonna try to get the other two in before it's next week it's yeah Rice right, next week the uh, the 6th november uh, 6th when specter comes out but uh i'm gonna try to go back and watch uh the craig movies before it comes out but uh Casino
0: you know, Royale was good, so, I mean, the inspector's going to have Dave Batista, or Drax from Guardians of the Galaxy. Oh, that yeah? Is, uh, on villains. Oh, wow, I didn't realize that. I know yeah. uh, Casino Royale I really liked. The second one, uh, Quantum of Solace, eh, I thought it was kind of uh, underwhelming, but uh, Skyfall was really good. I thought Skyfall was pretty, pretty awesome. I, I'm always a big fan of Javier Bardem, so when he's a villain – You know, he's one of those guys you love rooting for and against at the same time. So, I mean, I was all in on that one. That one was good. Plus, his name was Silva. So, I mean, that kind of had bonus points for me. (laughs) But some of the, uh, you know, earlier you mentioned Terminator. And there are a couple other movies that just, I, I didn't have any kind of desire to see. Like Terminator, the new Mission Impossible movie. I'm sure I'll see both of them at some point on uh, Redbox or maybe in a couple years on TNT. Uh, I, I, I'm not sure. They really didn't appeal to me. And that, I guess sometimes that – even though I heard uh, Mission Impossible is really good, uh, I heard Terminator was not, especially the fact that they kind of spoiled the movie in the trailers, but – I just had no desire to see the one. I can you maybe put into words why you didn't? Because I can't really explain why I didn't want to see him, but I just know I didn't. Terminator, I
1: just can't do it with Arnold anymore. Can't I? Can't
0: I? Can't take him serious as the Terminator. It, it just feels like they're beating a dead horse with that one. Well, what is he? Eighty-five uh, now. There hasn't been a good Terminator since T2, right. and I'm afraid
1: they're going to keep trying, which I I d I don't know. I don't know what they're doing with that franchise, man. They just need to stop. Or Yeah. Yeah, just stop. But uh, <laughs> this isn't impossible. I was never that big of a fan of the franchise. I don't know why. It's another one like you said, people say it's good, but I just can't I can't bring myself to watch it. Maybe I'll I'll force myself to. That's one where I just can't explain. I just don't know. I was okay. never I was never into it. It came, when did, when did Mission Impossible start? Ninety, six?
0: Something like that. Ninety-six, I want to say.
1: And I haven't been into it since then. So it's 20 years of me not enjoying Mission yeah. Impossible. So I just skipped this one. And, uh, I will say one I didn't see that I had, I had zero, uh, desire to see it. But I probably will end up watching sometime soon with San Andreas. Oh, We were yeah. talking about The Rock earlier. Right. I had no no desire to see that one. The trailer did nothing for me. Nothing. Uh, I just looked at it and I said, earthquakes and helicopters. and Man, I just don't want to see this. I don't want to do this. It just seems like it's going to be one of those pointless, no plot, save the world, let's go home. I just spent $15 on a drink and popcorn, you know. I'm sure I'll get it out of the red box, but... I don't know. I didn't want to see that. Even
0: with The Rock, I didn't want to see it. Yeah, I love The Rock, but it's just one of those... I'm over the apocalypse movies. You can only do so many of them, and you got to space them out. you got to do something we haven't seen before, like fault lines, global warming. It's all so played out now. And from the trailer standpoint, to kind of add to what you were saying, it looked like the exact same movie as 2012. And, of course, The Rock is a notable upgrade of John Cusack. But even then, if you take 2012 and replace Cusack in every single scene with The Rock, I still don't think I would enjoy that movie. Especially like the whole pudgy Russian man and his shitty twin kids. That that plot line appealed to me none. I, I don't understand how you can take you know that same concept and basically throw The Rock in there and make me enjoy it I I just I don't know that'll be one of those ones that HBO will get in a year or two that I'll probably watch too but I don't know I'm kind of over the apocalypse thing it's just played out
1: yeah there's just I mean there's a million different ways to tell the same story and uh I will probably watch it soon I didn't want to go see it in theaters uh but I'll I'll probably watch it the next time we talk I'll probably be telling you how great it is but uh I just
0: I had no desire to get off my ass and see that one, man. I don't know. I think that, what well, we we're, we might miss out, though. It seems like one of those movies that might be good only to watch in theaters. So, I, yeah. I we'll see, though. But kind of going back real quick to the Mission Impossible thing, I think the reason I have no interest in seeing it is Tom Cruise is just a cartoon now. I can't remember the last time I took him seriously and saw him in any movie that I actually wanted to see. I kept hearing how awesome. Uh, what was the movie he was in with Emily Blunt? the The futuristic movie. Uh, Jack Reacher. No, uh, the one that had to do with the time. I I forget what it's called now. But oh, Edge of Tomorrow. Yes, Edge of Tomorrow. I kept hearing how awesome that was, and that was one of the you know dark horses of the last year. But I'm like, dude, Tom Cruise. I can't. I can't do it. I can't do it. No. You know, I didn't
1: want to hate on Tom Cruise, and, and I'm glad you said that. Now I can come out with and say that. That's why I just can't do Tom Cruise anymore. I can't take him serious. If they do Top Gun 2, I'll probably go watch it. But uh, <laughs> uh well, he's the star of one I of your favorite can't do movies, though, Tom
0: right? Anymore, man? He's the star of one of your favorite movies, though, isn't he? Which one? Oh, you know. You've mentioned this one before. You're also the NASCAR guy, right? You're also going to be... Oh, yeah. Changed my life. Changed my life. Days
1: of Thunder. <laughs> yeah. 1990. I was six years old.
0: Changed my life, dude. <laughs> yeah, I must admit, I still haven't seen that movie. Days
1: of Thunder? I haven't,
0: I haven't seen it. That took me from a kid who was obsessed with only Star Wars to a kid who was obsessed with Star Wars and uh, race cars. While my NASCAR
1: Phantom has died in the last few years, I, I still will watch
0: *Undead uh, of Thunder start to finish if it's on TV. I'll take your word for it. I'll check it out. You know, <laughs> <laughs> It's old Tom Cruise, so it's not quite the same. He's not quite a cartoon you know, just yet. Because I will say, one of my more watchable movies, because I like those very pensive, you know, think about it movies, is Vanilla Sky. That's one of those movies you I'll watch... I still don't understand what the hell's going on but I love watching it and trying to figure it out. So. Some of the stuff he did,
1: he had a lot of cool stuff but it's like once he hit Tropic Thunder it just went downhill.
0: Yeah. When you start becoming a caricature of yourself it's 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 not good.
1: Because I mean The Last Samurai was great. Collateral was good. Uh,
0: yeah, Collateral actually was good. I really liked that one. Eyes Wide Shut was, was weird but wasn't, you know. That right. Was, was it's kind of cool i guess it was kubrick's last film but i will say collateral is probably one of my all time you know cable tv movie you know hall of fame type movies i, I just anytime it's on i always watch it so i guess it's kind of counterintuitive to the point but javier bardem kind of counter counter <laughs> counteracts what i said earlier so that's that perfect but uh I'm curious Tom Cruise, man. But before we close things out, obviously, the big one. The big one here, Star Wars. I can't tell you how much I check, you know, online for any kind of updates or news on the new movie. I can't tell you how many different websites I've looked at, trying to break down what it could potentially be about. You know, plot rumors. Any kind of just images that come out that I can maybe piece together in some kind of convoluted you know, plot story, I can't wait for this, and as a kid, I grew up loving Star Wars, that was basically everything that I would watch all the time, video games, toys, you know, stupid little lightsabers, I loved Star Wars, so this definitely brings that all back out out from, you know, my childhood, I can't tell you how excited I am about it, man. Man, I've got two tickets, that's how excited I am. Oh, you've already got tickets,
1: I've already had two tickets, and uh, I bought one for the seventeenth, the night it comes out. and I bought one for the next morning because <laughs> I'm not sure at this point where I'll be at with uh, my work schedule. <laughs> so I'm like, I'll make one of the times for sure, you know. Oh, so I bought yeah. two, and God willing, I'll make them both. But yeah, it's a, the redemption, man.
0: That's a good like, one, man. I might
1: like have what to. Said earlier, prequels are bad. We all know that they were. In my opinion, they are made for toys. They weren't made for to be great films.
0: Right. I agree completely. And J.J.
1: Uh, J. Abrams, I think, was a good choice. He's really, i say he, but they've really done a great job of keeping it tight lip. Yes. You know, we've only had two teasers and one trailer, and this thing has already, pre- the, pre- the tickets for the pre-sale outsold what some movies do in the opening weekends, you know?
0: Yeah. Oh, it's gonna it's gonna blow out all the records. You know.
1: I think it's going after uh, Avatar,
0: and Jurassic World. Oh yeah, it's I gigantic. definitely think it will. I think it will too, because I mean, we're talking globally. It's something that's already really well known. It's already you know, like you said. I mean, I hate to bring the merchandise part of it into it, but I mean that ties into it too. Kids are going to watch it. You know, video game people that play all the games are going to watch it. Everybody that watches it that's our age, you know, everybody's going to go out there and want to see it. Even the people that aren't really Star Wars fans might be more inclined now because of people like us to keep talking about it nonstop and saying, you know what, I think it's finally time to give it a chance. It's modernized, it's not boring anymore, you know, because that's some of the non Star Wars fans' complaints is that maybe the old movies were kind of boring. Um so I I think it's going to be huge and I just you know like you said it's good that they've got Abrams but it's also so frustrating man. I mean so to this point we know nothing. We know that Luke is in hiding. That's the biggest mystery right now is what they make of Luke Skywalker. We know that he's in hiding. We know that uh there's this new dark force around, you know, the Knights of Ren. We know that You know, the Empire fell apart, but they kind of had, you know, a resurgence with this First Order. Um, You know, we know that Han Solo and Leia are coming back. We know R2D2 will be in there and C3PO, and we know Chewbacca will be. But outside of that, we really don't know a whole lot. I mean, we know that, you know, Finn, you know, John Boyega's character, is going to have a lightsaber at one point that may or may not be Luke Skywalker slash Anakin Skywalker's lightsaber. You know, We know Darth Vader's helmet will make an appearance, but we really don't know a whole lot out of that. Have you looked into any kind of rumors, any kind of plot discussions on what it could potentially be about?
1: No, and I'm trying not to. I'm actively trying to avoid knowing anything. I, <laughs> me, personally, I kind of like the fact that they, they really haven't released a whole lot. Um, you watch the trailer that came out during Monday Night Football. There's already so many different theories and Uh, people making all these assumptions, you know, Luke's a bad guy, Kylo Ren is so-and-so's son, or whatever, you know. I'm trying my hardest to just go into it just blank, because I just want to go in and just be told a new story, and and, you know,
0: see what what comes of it, you know. Right, and I mean, I'm the opposite. You know, I I definitely want to be surprised, and I think There's nothing that won't surprise me at this point. But at the same time, I want some kind of an inkling of what's going on. And, you know, just the little pieces that they're letting out. Like people were asking Abrams why Luke was left out of everything. And he really gave that cryptic, you know, oh, you know, it's it's not an accident. And I can't wait for you to find out why. You know, that kind of stuff gets me like, dude, no, tell me right now. B.S. If somebody tells you that, that's like somebody saying, hey, dude, guess what? Big news. And then you go, yeah, what's up? You go, ah, never mind. Like, bullshit. Tell me now. Don't tell me. Like, that That infuriates me. So I, I really want to know what's going on. So I have all kind of theories. You obviously, you know, have been trying to avoid them. So I won't, you know, kill you with all my, you know, potential ideas because, I mean, at this point, who's to say that they're informed at all? It's just a lot of people throwing things, you know, and seeing what sticks. But – if yeah. you had any kind of guesses to this point, what everything's going to be about, you know, somebody that's been staying away from all the rumors, so you have a fresh palette that's not been tampered with at all, what do you think happens in this movie that we're about to see?
1: Man, what I was thinking, what I felt since the beginning, is it's going to have something to do, uh, I do think it's going to have something to do with either the children of, of Luke or... Children of Han and Leia, somehow. We don't know if uh, Daisy Ridley's character is one of them, or Kylo Ren is one. We don't know that, you know? But right. I think I think that's what's going to end up happening. And, uh, you know, I, I couldn't help it. Like, when you see
0: the hand touch rgb 2 That's I gotta, to that's Luke. Luke. That's gotta super, be Luke. That's
1: gotta be Luke.
0: Yeah, that's gotta be Luke.
1: And it's called The Force Awakens you gotta believe that I couldn't help but think that you know he is he is kind of dormant he's out hiding or something right uh, It's it's something that's going to happen with one of those people I think it's going to be a relative thing I think that there's going to be yeah. some sort of relationship between Kylo Ren Ray um, Rey Daisy Ridley's character and Luke that's what I think it's going to be Uh right and there's that scene in the trailer where Chewie and Han, they kind of bring their hands, they got their hands up, like if, you know, they're being right um, approached. They start putting their hands down. And it was one of those split-second things in my head. I said, well, Luke just saved them. Luke saved them. That's what happened. That's, yeah. that's why they look like that, you know? But <laughs> uh, we'll see, man. It's going to be good stuff. Like you said, there's people who are excited for it that, I've never even talked about Star Wars. i got my friend Joel, who's never even... He just watched episode 40 of the day for the first time. He oh, said wow. that the trailer's what got him excited for it, you know? Yeah. So that I mean, the good thing about the trailer is, well, from my aspect, from my point of view, it looks like there's going
0: to be some real acting in these uh, these movies as opposed to... You've got some good actors in there. You know, you've got Gleason, you've got uh, Christie, you've got a lot of good actors in there. Even Adam Driver's a pretty good actor, you know, so I think Oscar it's not I just... Being, huh? Bob Driver, he's in it too. Yeah, yeah. So, I mean, it's not going to just be a lot of just computer generated, you know, mixed with Hayden Christensen. That's
1: another thing too, is uh, Abram said it was going to be a lot of practical stuff. He said that they weren't. They are trying to steer away from CGI. So, mm-hmm. I mean, it's got all the making it,
0: dude. And I will I just, say... Uh,
1: after the letdown of the prequels, you, you just gotta hope for the
0: best. Yeah, and I wish somebody would just go back and redo them all. I wish somebody had a ton of money <laughs> and they said, you know what, we're gonna do this the right way because th- the whole time they're hyping up Vader as the biggest villain of all time. You know, he's one of the best villains that on any website you ever look at talking about top villains on any kind of production, it's always him. And you see the way that his claim to fame was really just him killing a bunch of kids at the end of the yeah. third one. So, I mean, it was really weak from that standpoint. And I hated the way that they killed Samuel Jackson, you know, Mace Windu. That, it was just so weak. I hated that part. Oh, man.
1: I yeah, will say... Just, uh, or not Luke, uh, They make out there just uh, crying...
0: He got um, tricked, yeah. He's whining. He got tricked into being on the dark side. It was just a total, like you said, it was just a merchandise push. Hey, we need to buy, make some toys. So, I don't know. I will you know, say, though, I think the seventh one is going to be very much with what you think. I think Luke is related to one of those two. I'm not sure which one. Uh, both of the theories that I've kind of you know put together on my own based on what I've seen in the trailers... I think that there's a good chance and I actually saw a really cool article the other day that talked about, you know, what if Luke actually joined the dark side right in front of our eyes? So if you think about at the end of the seventh one, you know, or the end of the sixth one rather, he's got the, uh, you know, he's got the black gown, you know, very dark side Sith looking. He's got, you know, that, that that family-fueled anger and rage that helps him beat Vader. You know, it, it's a really interesting article, and I'll send it to you after that. But it makes you think, you know, Yoda told him, if you go save your friends, you're going to basically, you're joining the dark side and you're failing. You're training. Yeah, that's true. He told him that, and he went ahead and did it anyway. Never really quite finished his training. Next thing you know, he's the last that we know of, you know, really force you know, sensitive person, you could say Leia too, but, you know, running around with all this knowledge, you know, that's probably what drives him to whatever kind of seclusion he's likely in. And then from there, that has me think, okay, so they either seek him out with, you know, somebody like Rey that could potentially be his daughter, trying to figure out the ways, or maybe he had a, you know, illegitimate son in Kylo Ren that he tried to train to be a Jedi, and it went south, and he turned evil, and... You know, he learned about his grandfather, Darth Vader, and said, you know what, I need to become like him instead of like my dad, Luke, you know, so there are so many different ways they can go with this. They just can't do another Jar Jar Binks thing. I think that's the easiest way they can screw this up. Man, that would be so disappointing.
1: They but had so all signs to point do. to them going into a whole different direction, and, uh, you know, like I said, we got to hope for the best man.
0: They can't. They can't go the way of the prequels. They know the outrage. You know. They really. I, I'm. I'm serious. I hope somebody somehow this podcast ends up on somebody's computer, phone, whatever. That's a billionaire, and they say, you know what? He's right. I need to remake the the, the prequel trilogy the way it should have been done. I think I that or, you know, they've talked about doing standalone movies. I think that or they need to do a standalone for Vader and show more of him, you know, kind of earning his keep.
1: Yeah, there's that big rumor that there's going to be a standalone about Boba Fett. And I don't know if you saw, but in the previews, there's like uh, when they're walking up to that like temple and some of those, they have a bunch of banners hanging. You can see Boba Fett, the Mandalorian skull, uh, on one of
0: the uh, really? banners. Really?
1: Yeah, and that's kind of one of those things that kind of got the internet going crazy, you know? Wow. That's a guy with, like, six lines and three movies, but... Yeah. You know, he was in the prequels,
0: too, I guess. But, you know, he's got i um, I'm one of them. I'm one of them. I got Boba Fett stuff all over. <laughs> but, yeah. Uh, Star Wars has done really uh, well with making, you know, villains, like, the kind of the cool thing, you know? Yeah, like, I mean, it Kyle looks pretty cool, his voice
1: sounded pretty badass, and Captain Basma looked pretty cool, we'll see how she does, uh, you know, it's got all the makings, man, like we said, it's gonna shatter records, and I may see it twice
0: in a 24-hour span, so we'll, we'll see what comes of it. I wouldn't blame you, I might be there right there with you. <laughs> I'll be there, man, hopefully, hopefully twice. Early that prediction, really I'm gonna, I'm gonna I mean, call in whatever. sick from work one of those days of that week to see it early prediction i <laughs> i may or may not develop some kind of a sickness oh yeah comes out on comes out thursday
1: night
0: that's when what is it the 17th yeah night, 17th. Uh, i can't wait all right uh we're hitting that hour mark here it's probably a good time to kind of bring things to a close um You know, I I definitely like that we did a podcast that wasn't sports. Usually, one of the knocks people say I talk too much sports. Uh, With that in mind, let's talk sports for five seconds. Uh, With it being opening, you know, opening week of the NBA season, uh, real quick. I know you're a a Spurs fan, so I'll let you get your your quick, uh, you know, quick shout out and your quick plugs there. How do you feel about your team this year? You know,
1: we'll see. Spurs are the only team I follow. You ask me about any other team in the league, I probably won't even know two players. But, you know, they're old. They added some pieces, but even those guys are kind of old. So mm-hmm. we'll see what happens. Uh, I've got this sneaking suspicion that the Thunder are going to be the team in the West. Right. Uh, Westbrook, he's crazy good, man. Even a guy like me, who doesn't keep up with that much NBA. I know how good Westbrook is and Kevin Durant, is Kevin Durant. But they're going to be, they're definitely the going to be the team to watch. But I personally think the Oklahoma Thunder are going to be the team to beat this year.
0: I definitely think they're going to be the ones to watch because they have so much more to prove with their impending free agency, and you know, there's so much more on on, uh, there's so much more at hand. You know, so much more at risk right now. You know, it's it's now or never for them. For the Spurs, you know, I could definitely see them winning. I wouldn't be surprised if they won it again. They added some valuable pieces. Like you said, they're a little bit older now. Uh, but they have a really good shot. Can't count out the Warriors. And, uh, you know, even people outside of Houston are starting to give the Rockets a little bit of a heads up. You know, a little bit of a notice. Uh, East, I think it's going to be Cleveland hands down. Even though they lost... Um, you know, the opener to the Bulls, I still think when they're healthy, they're probably the best team in the East. Maybe the best in the league, you know, because they have the best player. But it's definitely going to be a fun season nonetheless. I'm excited. You know, I'm glad that it's kicking off. Uh, I mean, it's on. What can you do? <laughs> exactly. So I think we're definitely going to see him facing off against one of those other four teams from the West when it comes time, uh, you know, playoffs and, and, you know, the summer. So really
1: you have a favorite year. in the World Series?
0: I you know, I thought the Mets, but you know, they really let that game get away yesterday. They really let it get away. Uh Familia, he was kind of the people that people th- the, kind of the guy that people thought might blow it. And uh kinda of proved those people right yesterday, but I mean, it's not over. The baseball, you know, World Series, it, it seems like it's a 15-game series, even though it's best of seven. So, I mean, we'll see. I would have thought Mets in six, but now, I mean, I might be thinking other words. What about you? You know, I think the Royals are going
1: to take it. Uh, last year, what, they lost in, game, they lost in seven, right? Yeah. Last
0: year. Yeah, it came down to the end. I'm going to
1: say they re- get some redemption and they win in seven this year. It's just crazy to me that the Royals are this good now because I, when I was younger, I thought that two teams that were always going to suck were going to be the Kansas City Royals <laughs> and the Baylor Bears in football.
0: Yeah. You're looking look both now. I know, it's crazy. That's the good thing about sports, man, is that, that parody. And at least baseball, they, they can brag to that now that it seems like it's a different team every year. But I miss steroids, man. Bring the steroids era back. <laughs> Bring yeah, back man, the yeah. home run races, man. I missed that. Yeah, we won't, we won't
1: judge you guys. I mean, <laughs> it'll
0: be okay. Yeah. All right, so uh, thanks, man. Thanks for joining me today. Obviously, we're going to have you on here many more times. Do you have any uh, any plugs, any shameless shout outs to close things out? Um, no, not really. You can follow
1: me on Twitter if you want. Tom, P-P-E-E. 434, but uh, I really just BS about movies and your uh, occasional pro wrestling, so not anything that fun, but yeah, man, I appreciate it, I'm, I'm glad you got this thing kicked off, and I hope, uh, I hope it uh, picks up some steam, and it's uh, fun to be
0: part of. Yeah, thanks for joining, man, uh, for everybody listening, check out the com. follow me on Twitter at MikeSilvaShow.com. On Instagram at The Mike Silva Show and Facebook.com slash The Mike Silva Show. I'll talk to you guys soon. See you.